there we go. Well, howdy, howdy. Uh, well, this is Siege, and of course, this is my co Today, we have a special guest with us. Y'all might know him from and Tunes. And I also know you started, already started, started. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the also we also enjoy called Necromaniacs, yeah. everything black and metal matters. And you also do a show on uh, Gimme Metal. I'll back when I had my subscription for a moment. You do articles now, right? You do the uh, article for uh, the Holy Mountain magazine. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh that's fairly new. Um, yeah, we just uh, Danny just started that publication up last year, and uh, you know he was cool enough to ask me to write some stuff for it. So that's been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I think I wrote those were integrity piece, right? Uh, I can't I can't hear you, man. What's what's that? It was about integrity, wasn't it? Yeah, that's um yeah. The, in the first issue, there was that yeah, it was like a pretty ex extensive interview with Dwid. And uh, yeah, just like a little history about integrity. That that was awesome. That was fun. Hell yeah! Are you planning on doing any more writing like that? Yeah, actually, the uh, the second issue, I have an interview with uh, Stephen Von Till. Oh nice. And um, and then the third issue, actually, uh, I think in the same issue with uh, the integrity piece, I had an interview with uh, Joe Bigos and uh, Josh Ethier, the two guys who. Uh, they're filmmakers. They just did uh, VFW and uh, Bliss and, you know, it's really sick, like horror movies. Yeah. I've heard of those. I haven't seen those yet. I've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend them. They're both they're both pretty awesome movies. Yeah. I'm talking about some movies with me today. Yeah, we started our day, of course, with the appropriate Valentine's Day movie, uh, My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> The uncut version, of course. The um, but was it eighty one? Yeah. I like I the remake too. But the remake's really fun. I actually have not seen the remake. Got so Tom Atkins in it. With <laughs> yeah, the remake's good, man. Uh, it's uh, I saw that in the movie theater when it came out. It was really pretty awesome. Do I? don't even know how I did because I was probably like way too young to see that movie. But my mom got me into into the three D somehow, man. Damn. Right on. <laughs> yeah, for that. That was a, damn. What was that, 2009 or something when that movie came out? Was it that long around. ago? Yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah, I think it was that long ago. That was like when the remakes were like the, the yeah, reboots. Yeah, the, the reboots, remakes. Um, some of them were good, some of yeah. them were bad, but I guess it depends on what movies you like, really. That, that Friday the 13th reboot was still really that was probably one of the better ones. Uh, my favorite's book, Hills Up. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember you showed me. You actually showed me that for the first time. Oh, no. Yeah, that one's pretty good, I thought. Well, we usually just also here like to talk a bit about music we listen to. So since we have a guest, I figure we'll ask you, what have you been listening to recently? Uh, actually, uh, there's... um. 
the, the film score for uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. I've been listening to that a lot. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that show on um, on each, on uh, Netflix. It's uh, you know it's kind of gothic horror, like uh, multi part series they had on Netflix, and the uh, the film score is pretty awesome for that. Uh, I've been listening to the new um, Ruins of Beverast record. That's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, there's this uh, record, an old record by this band called Coil called a uh, horse rotavator i'm gonna listen Ooh. to that quite a bit too oh dude don't don't get us on coil and all that shit dude we <laughs> were just talking about them today for a topic of another possible episode <laughs> yeah, yeah dude that's uh they're I'm, I'm happy that people like them man or, or you know i'm assuming you like them but it's like they're pretty obscure man they're pretty obscure for a really long time but i feel like more and more people are listening to them yeah, like, I'm so happy to see Dias Records, like, reissue and stuff. They just did music to play in the Dark Volume 1. And all. Oh, dude, I had to jump on that. I need to get that one. That that one, to me, is classic. I, I remember listening to that one back in, like, high school. Something about it, man. Coil always tripped me out for some reason. I was worried to throw crystal, but Coil always, like, the second one to listen to, you know? Yeah, they're scary. They have like a very, uh, very sinister uh, atmosphere. You know, they're good. I had an ex-girlfriend, and she actually cried during the broccoli song. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, too. I think you were there, see. Yeah. I think you were there for that one. That is crazy too. They're issuing love. I see where certain labels are like reissuing love secret domain now, and it's crazy. Yeah like twenty dollars to like get that cd used like maybe just like five or six years ago what for a new cd yeah damn like i was still determined to get it because i don't ever see like coil anywhere in any format I, was mm-hmm. like, I want this i've seen them once and that's when i got you that record for like your birthday or something i don't even know what record it was i just know it was coil and i was like I don't ever see these. I gotta hop on that. <coughs> what are your thoughts on the uh, help on what their abandoned Hellraiser soundtrack? Oh, the one. Well, I, I like it, but you know that was more just a demo. Apparently, that wasn't like the final version of the uh, of the score. Like I guess uh, Clive Barker asked uh, Coil to to come up with a demo first. And um, it sounds great on its own, but it's not. Apparently, that's not a finished product. You know what I mean? Oh. I've only listened to it once, and I watched the. There's a documentary about yeah, it. Yeah, it was right? like a 20 minute documentary, and they did line up like some of the music that was playing for certain scenes, and that was interesting. I'd yeah. Like to but, see what a glimpse of what could have been. Speaking of yeah. Ray, I'm sorry. Oh, was the, that, that documentary, wasn't that called Leviathan, I think? It's like two parts or something like that? That might have been, I think that might have been, like, the full Hellraiser, like, documentary. I think um, they made, like, a separate bonus feature or something for a release, talking about the oil stuff. Like, uh, oh, okay. And it might have been in the documentary. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, haven't, I watched that, like, whenever it came out, I guess a couple years ago now. It's been a while. Like, uh, 
I would never get excited just even seeing that. <laughs> I was going to bring up, Bo, I think I heard that Clive Barker got the rights back to Hellraiser now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I kind of like, uh, I mean, I hope, I, I'm, I'm kind of half and half about whether or not you should remake that movie because the first two Hellraisers are so just perfect the way they are, man, with the 80s, like, special effects and the actors they got, you know, it's like, such a perfect film. To expand like the universe with it, if he, he's having like complete control over the stuff, you know. We want more of the chatter. Yeah, like yeah, I like Chatterbox. Uh, but even the third, pretty good, man. But fucking, the, remember the CDs? <laughs> oh, dude, I tapped out. I tapped out of the third one, man. The first two are all the only ones I really like. I remember just the first three were the ones I liked, and everything else was just, eh, no. Even the one in space, I don't believe was that good, and usually when they take it to space, it's good, you know? <laughs> At least level, you know what I mean? If he's going to expand the universe and do, like, you know, more uh more stories i'd be down with that because like he wrote that uh was it the, the crimson gospels it's like a you know like a continuation um novel that came out a few years ago and uh yeah yeah that's if he does something in that vein as a film i'd be really excited about that yeah i'm still on the book of blood all of them right now like um i got through like maybe the first two or three book of bloods and I think there's a couple more left I gotta get to. Yeah, those those are pretty great. Yeah, I re- uh, haven't I let you borrow them? Yeah, I still got them on bookshelf down there. Yeah, actually. yeah, that's like the first two volumes I think. But yeah, the short stories from Clive Barker are amazing. Like, um, also I wanted to talk to you about like literature and stuff. I know you're real into um different kinds of uh, like weird writing like Thomas I, I believe you brought up like Thomas Ligotti before and stuff like that on your podcast yeah yeah definitely and um it's funny because I started with the wrong book with Thomas Ligotti like I wrote uh, his um the, the book I started with was his that philosophy book conspiracy against all humanity or all mankind or whatever the hell it's called and uh yep. the, the ideas in there are cool but I just didn't like the tone of his writing yeah. Then I went. Then I went back and um, I read some of uh, his short stories. Like, there's a collection called uh, "Songs of a Dead Dreamer." Yeah, and, uh, yeah. With- Grim, Grim Scribe. Like, they're together in one volume. Yep. And uh, you know, reading the reading the short stories is what hooked me. You know, so it took me a minute to like really get into Thomas Ligotti. But I mean, I like in general. That's the kind of stuff I like. Is like kind of weird fiction. You know, like. Lovecraft, Carl Edward Wagner, like all that kind of stuff. Robert Ekman. Yeah, I'm, I you know I'm, I haven't read anything by him, but that's that's definitely another writer that I'm looking to looking to check out one of these days. Really be into him if you like the weird fiction stuff from like you know like Lovecraft era kind of deal, you know. Yeah. You yeah, you know, like like him. I would say Robert Ekman or how it's pronounced. Yeah. Yes. He does have one of the most, one of the more interesting, like, vampire stories, like, of this time, yeah, at the, least. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it co- called? I think it, the book I have is called Cold Hand in Mine. Yeah, that's where okay. it's 
and it's a it's a it's a bunch of his short stories but that's probably where you should start off if you're interested yeah no i'm always looking to read more stuff especially these days where there's like not that much stuff to do really just yet so i've been reading a lot yeah dude i've just been reading watching movies and you know recording music when i can you know covid kind of sucks but at least <laughs> stuff done i guess you know yeah yeah, we were like balancing the line between being like really lazy and being productive at the same time. Cause like um, you know, we we had bands going and stuff and shit planned out before COVID happened. But uh, yeah um, I'm uh, I'm still interested. I'm still uh, wanting to read more about uh stuff you write. Cause the Holy Mountain stuff, we we. We're, we live like right next to Holy Mountain, pretty much. We live oh, okay. So uh, we've actually uh, who did we see when we went there? They played. They had a concert there one um, time. It was Joy Christworm and Fister. Fister. It was Fister. Yeah, we saw Fister at um the Holy Mountain like warehouse. And that was really cool too. Yeah, that place is that place is great, man. I, I love I love the whole like you know program that Danny's got set up around that place. Oh yeah, dude. It was um also I'll buy all the fucking merch I can from them, you know. I love the doing more like movies and vinyl too, which is cool. Which like for us just being like horror and metal like music nerds and stuff, then it's like right here in our own state and stuff. It's like oh shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being down in Carolina, it's like, oh, redneck, redneck shit. And it's like, oh, cool, they're selling up, they're selling those. I actually directly applied to Holy Mountain the other night. No <laughs> I know I won't get the job, but I just saw it pop up online. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll take a chance, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be cool. It's a good, you know, I've been to the warehouse a couple times over the years, just like, you know, to pick up merch and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, he had like an art show there one time for all that, uh, you know, kaiju like Japanese stuff that he's into. Oh, dude, that's one thing I love about the Holy Holy Mountain is all the kaiju shit because that is like my place of business right there. I love that shit. I mean, it's inspired us so much that for like one, we're trying to start off a tape label, and like one of the first releases we're planning is like Jude Comp, where every song's like about a different kaiju. Yeah, there's um he put out all those scores too, man. Like the um you yeah, know, the vinyl vinyl releases, those are really cool. The artwork on that's great. Man, so let's see. We saw you play in tunes. What tour was that? Oh, that was with thirteen forty nine of Full Hill. In Carboro. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Yep. Yeah, I do. That's like when I first got introduced to Tombs and you. Actually, I think I knew Necromaniacs before I knew Tombs, actually, because someone had recommended your podcast and y'all covered, um, I think it was The Void. I think it was back when The Void came out. And I was oh, okay. To, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was real into The Void and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to check this out. I mean, eventually I learned you were in Tombs and I'm like, and. That ain't that the band we you were talking about we saw, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know. And, like, that was also, like, your first black metal show. Too. That was my first black metal show. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Also, it was the first time we saw uh, the dudes in Sleep Torture play. Oh, yeah, with Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. We're going to have them on the show soon. Uh, if you like dark and grindy fucking metal, check out Sleep Torture, dude. They're incredible. They just put out a like a 7-inch through um, Surly Road Records, and it's banging, dude. Yeah, that, that sounds like I'd be interested in that. Sleep Torture? I'll check that out. From um, Greensboro. Greensboro. That's like a hour away from us in Raleigh or whatever. But yeah, the great shit. I think you you dig them a lot. I want to say that we played in Greensboro once. I think uh, maybe like with uh, Fit for an Autopsy or something like that. I believe that we played in Greensboro. You remember what venue? Because I actually seen that band. I think that, might have, that sounds like it might have happened at the Blind Tiger. Was the Blind Tiger or was it Green Street Club? Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess, and I'm going to say the Blind Tiger. I think Blind there's like, if that's the place that has like like a CrossFit gym or something next to it, I think yeah. that's the Oak Store and the Dominoes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the spot. I know that. Uh, was it more some kind of ventilation system there where we put our smoke machine on and it sucked all the smoke out through the ventilation system? I remember, so that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, I remember the Blind Tiger. This is a Blind Tiger. They want the best venue. I, I used to live across the street, kind of in the apartments by the Domino's. It's the same venue, but yeah, like um, Blind Tiger won't really the spot. <laughs> you know what I'm, they did a gear fest though. That was fun. That they, was a fun show. When they did that, they had like twenty like local bands play for a uh, benefit show kind of thing. That was really fun. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, it seemed like you know a decent venue. Just uh, I don't know if the they had shows like that normally. You know what I mean? Yeah. When was the last time you played in like uh, North Carolina? Uh let's see now. Um, probably two years ago, maybe. Two years ago. Yeah, because like last year we didn't do anything, obviously. So then it had to have been in maybe 2019 at some point. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just um, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to remember sometimes, like exactly which cities line up or which tours, and like yeah. yeah, I can remember being like, for example, that 1349 show. I remember that, but I can't even tell you what year it was, honestly. Uh, maybe. maybe. And uh, I just remember it was a 1349 tour, and it was y'all and full of hell. And uh, it, yep, it, it fucking was fun. I remember that. It was one of it was like right when I got back into metal too. I kind of fell out of metal for a while. Like uh, I don't know, just listening to other stuff. So seeing yeah. Fumes and full of hell and 1349 and uh, Bobby play, you know, kind of got me back into the uh, got me back into the heavier stuff, you know. Yeah, because we did another tour at 1349, maybe another year or two after that, but it was all on the, mostly on the West Coast. Um, and uh, so I'm confusing like dates on that tour with t- dates on the East Coast tour we did with them. And it's just kind of like, you know, you kind of lose track of things sometimes. I feel that. I feel that. I was just bringing it up just because, you know, it was like first time uh, knowing you or whatnot. I mean, I, I dive deep into you. Everything went black and um, necromaniacs, and then the new one uh, was it? Give me metal or metal matter? Yeah, that's actually uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I I just uh, quit that. Uh, 
<laughs> so I got my my last uh, the last episode is actually this week, and um, but I'm gonna be doing everything went black every week now. It's gonna be weekly starting in March. Are and, you going? Uh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna ask if you're gonna try to get uh, uh, Randy from Cable like on yeah. more. Oh like yeah. That. Yeah, basically the new the new format for everything went black. It's going to be weekly episodes. It's going to have Randy. Randy's going to be on one week, um, but that 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 German dude Ralph, my other buddy, uh, okay. he's going to be on another week. And then I'm going to have interviews, and then just kind of like observational shit, you know, like uh, on the other two weeks. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a weekly thing. And um, we're going to talk about records, but. We're not going to be limited to uh, 60 minutes. I mean, the um, the Metal Matters uh, shows had to be maximum 60 minutes long. So, you know, yeah. we, we, we can go on and on for hours about shit on uh, Everything Went Black. So that's that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah, because um, I was telling C's to check out Everything Went Black, especially like the Australian episode and the... Um, that- yeah, but I, I was telling them, man, like y'all got me onto so much bands like uh, Beast of Bourbon and uh, oh hell yeah, you know, uh, and, uh, amp amp rep bands and uh, all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, you got to check out some of these older episodes. Um, I re- no, do a Henry Rollins episode actually? Like a yeah. like band like yeah. a, a long, long time ago. I remember uh, that was pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm nah, that's. To- uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, man. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying, I'm real into Rollins' band, like, more than, like, Black Flag, probably, so I was telling him to check that out, you know. I don't know about that, but that, that, that's, that's <laughs> statement. But... Hey, man, it's, it's my personal, personal I feel statement. That, I do feel that, though, because I do. This is different. I really love Rollins' band, Like, too. I like Black Flag, but I've been listening to Black Flag for, like, um, you know, since I can remember Cause like I like my, to hear something new from the people I that, like. You know what I mean? Rollins band is something I haven't really and that is true. Dwelled into until I heard the podcast about. Plus, it. they're like cover ghost. So ghost right the suicide cover they did. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean, I I um I, mean, I like I like Rollins band. I love Black Flag. You know, all that stuff's really you know the kind of stuff I grew up listening to. Hell yeah. I'm just saying, as someone listening to, like, you listen to Black Flag and then find out about Rollins' band, it's like, I'm going to check this out a little bit more. You know, they got a little bit more going on than the, like, hardcore stuff or the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Plus, Rollins' band, man, they got a great rhythm sex, and I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, The rhythms, I don't know who is the drummer and bassist for Rollins' band, but goddamn, dude, they fucking deliver. On those early records, it was uh, this guy, Sim Kane, and the bass player. Sim Kane was a drummer, and then the bass player was Andrew Weiss. Okay. And uh, before they joined the Rollins band, they were in this a band called Gone, with oh. actually actually had Greg Ginn in it, the guy, the guitar player from Black Flag. So it yeah. was like, yeah, so it was those three guys. And then when Rollins formed the Rollins band, he grabbed their rhythm section from Gone, and that's how the band kind of you know progressed. Oh, funny story. I almost went to see the Black Flag new Greg Gein band with Mike, uh, is it Mike Vallely, I guess? I yeah. Valley. I don't think it's Valley. I think it's Vallely, but I almost went and saw them right before COVID happened at the Blind Tiger. <laughs> but, oh, man. 
I, I just want to see him play guitar. You know what I mean? I hear that, man. I um, I saw I saw the version of that he had with uh with Ron Reyes in it, and yeah. um, like I, me actually, me and Randy went, and uh, <laughs> it was like. I knew against my better judgment, I still went because I'm like, I know this is going to suck. Like, I know it was going to be terrible, but like there were moments that when when you're just listening to Greg Ginn, Greg Ginn's guitar playing, you could be like, oh, shit, that's Greg Ginn, you know, and, and then like the, it all the rest of the shit sucked, though. Like the rhythm section was terrible and like Ron Reyes hasn't sang in a band in like decades. So it's it was just kind of like kind of all over the place, really. Yeah, see, like I've been trying to catch these older bands, man, because you know we're pretty young. We're I'm I'm 26, he's 27, so yeah, we're trying to catch all these you know older bands before they either stop playing or you know whatever or die in some cases. <laughs> they die, but yeah, die. You know, <laughs> it's like we're trying to listen to so much just coming out now because like even with COVID, like there's still good shit coming out all the time. Yeah, like, and then there's like still so much like going way back that we still don't know. Cause I, um, I've been reading back to back. I've been, I, I'm one of those guys who reads two books at once. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like that too, actually. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm reading the Alex Chilton biography and oh, nice. biography all at once. So it's like, I've been into like that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Power pop or whatever the yeah. fuck you want to call it old school alternative you know like i've been listening to a lot of that kind of stuff then like the metal as a metal or punk has to be listening to i guess you know what i mean sure you know yeah and it's funny because i just finished reading uh be uh beyond the border the murders uh the killings in uh, matamoros mexico oh yeah yeah okay have you uh, ever heard of that? The uh, Adolfo Constanzo and the Satanic Necros or whatever. Yeah, they were into uh, Paolo Mayumbi, like the yeah, black yeah. black magic, yeah. like it was American like, black magic kind of shit. Uh, he, I just let him read some book I had about that. He, he's always he he, we, he literally found songs about Metro Morris, Metro Morris, Morris. He's just been listening to like country songs about Metamorphs all weekend and shit. But yeah, I'm like put that down. Like I start reading Lexicon Devil, The Life of Times. Oh, Darby Crash. Yeah. yeah. I guess this is a biography, I guess. Yeah, written by Brandon Mullen. Uh, Don Bowles, who was a member of the Germs, yeah. except one of the drummers, and uh, Adam Parfney. Parf- Parfray of Feral House Publishing and stuff we put out the book. But, like, I've been trying to also been torn because I've been wanting to start art reading Art Sex Music by Cozy Fanny Tootie of Robin Gristle. Oh, yeah. it's about uh, the process church of Final Judgment. Mm. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I got that book too. That's a good one. Damn, you oh, guys wait. are into cool. You guys are into cool shit, man. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Like, no, nah, it's cool because, you know, I never know if, like, you know, younger younger people are, are into this kind of stuff, but it's cool to hear that, you know. Man, we're literally weirdos from a shit-ass redneck town who just <laughs> got into weird shit at a young age, you know? Like, like skateboarding, horror movies. Skateboarding, yeah, horror man. movies, punk and metal, you know what I mean? Like, like, when we first met, like, years ago, for, like, we've been friends for 10 years, and we met, like, when I was a junior, and he was a freshman, freshman in high school, and I'm like, 
that was like over 10 years ago now. Like I was like the metal kid and he was like the more punk kid. Like I was like so ass backwards because like we're like you we're were from and shit. Like I thought well, like most punk rock was metal anyway. So like when he showed me like what fuck punk what actually was, I was like, wait a minute, I've been listening to some of this shit and I didn't even <laughs> And then it's like I had to get him on the blues and that kind of shit because he oh, nice. listened to like you know like that gloom and gloom and doom country music and blues music. You know what I mean? I grew up on that shit. Like my first like musical thing I remember is like Johnny Cash. My mom showing me Johnny Cash or like something like that. You know? What's uh? What's some of the like hardest like country music? You know, or, like the most like bleak like lyrics. Like, what's like like the hardest shit you know in country music? Because I want to check that out too. We were listening to <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just literally about an hour or two yeah, before dude. we had like we start went, this conversation. We went down a deep fucking like gloom and doom country music rabbit hole before <laughs> before uh, we were uh, recorded this. Okay, uh, here's some people to check out: Billy Walker. Okay. Eddie Nowak. Psycho. Psycho. That was the one. <laughs> yeah, the song Psycho by Eddie Nowak. That's a good one. Um, Driving Nails in My Coffin by Ernest Tubb. <laughs> I, heard, I heard of Ernest Tubbs, definitely. I know him, yeah. Um, Drop Kick Me by Bobby. <laughs> uh, Ray Price. Hank Tom. And I got a, a Waylon Jennings song that I put on this. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were listening to. But uh, I guess the old school blue and doom like kind of country music would be like, you know, Hank Williams and fucking. Firstly, uh, Wanda Jackson. Wanda Jackson. Now, if you want to get into the rockabilly country music, please check out Wanda Jackson. She is just amazing, and she does have. You know, like I've, I've been saying, I want to find get married to a woman with a voice like that just so she can yell at me when I... <laughs> Do me a favor, man. It, send me those names in a, in that, in a Facebook message or something. I want to check it out because like, I know I've been, I've been trying to check out a lot of this other stuff, but I, don't, I have no idea where to begin, you know? Um, check out some like Charlie Feathers. Chet, uh, check Atkins is pretty good. Yeah, I know Le- that, definitely. You know... Like, oh. it's funny because some of those names that he just mentioned and, like, what we were listening to, they started because, like, we've heard that Matt, that song about Matt Morris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we heard a Billy Walker song about Morris about the town or city that the occult killings took place I in. I really wanted to find, like, the song that was mentioned in the book. And I was like, all right, they're going to talk about it here. Okay? Yeah. And I still never heard it, so I'm kind of sad. Well, at least he found a whole bunch of other cool songs because of it. <laughs> that is true. Well, There's the silver lining. See, like, we kind of do the true crime shit sometimes, but I don't think we're very good at actually doing true crimes. <laughs> I don't know if we do anymore, but we plan on doing um, the Houston mass murders in the near future. And that's going to be a rough one if you know about that. Uh, which, which cases are those? I'm not too, I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Dean Coral, the Candyman. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard oh, about that. It's, it's rough <laughs> shit, but he, he got a body count of like 30 within like three years before he got 
killed by his uh, accomplice like, assistant, uh, whatever. It's really fucked up. There's a great book, if you like true crime, um, by Jack Olson called The Man with a Candy about it. I re- highly recommend that book just as a good true crime book. It's, uh, it was one of my favorite true crime books I've read. It just really gets the vibe of what was going on in it. It's actually really scary. It's kind of like a Stephen King novel. It's like it, you know, all these kids going missing and no one notices it, notices but the kids, you know? And it's great because, like, the book starts off telling you about, like, right at the end, oh, excuse me, like, right at the <laughs> end of, like, where Henley shot that shoots down Dean Crow, and it just skips to, like, a little bit of, like, like Dean's life and, yeah, like, telling yeah. you about the background of, like, It's Texas. written really well. It's written really like, well. Pages building it up. I'll send you a big reference page or whatever message. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, whatever we've been talking about. Yeah, for sure, man. Because, like, you know, I'm always looking for new shit. And, like, I, I haven't really been into true crime for a while. So there's a lot of, like, you know, yeah, yeah. stuff that I haven't, you know, I'm not too familiar with. I mean, I, I used to really be into that shit, like, years ago. But, like, not so much recently, you know. Yeah, I think it's something you probably end up growing out of because we're still young. I feel like shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're still we're still trying to like. I'll a really fucked up movie or give them. Check this. It's, it's uh, like fuck. I think the last worst movie I tried to show you was. I didn't get. I we I turned it off. It was really bad. <laughs> it wasn't even fucked up bad. It was just like I don't need to be seeing this kind of stuff bad. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard of that movie, Black Metal Veins? Oh, that uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Lucifer Valentine. That dude yeah. who made all those films. Yeah. I heard about it. I haven't seen it, and I'm not sure if I'm going to see it or not. I just uh, the story behind that guy is actually pretty interesting, though. I need to check him out. I wouldn't say check out that, that Pacific movie, though. I've kind of money on that. Honest, it's just uh, to be honest, you know. It's not even like um, of death or nothing, but it's just I'm just not into it. <laughs> it's not the I want to watch again, you know. But hell, he's like a interesting. Whatever. If he's made more movies, I'll maybe check them out or something. Well, there's like uh, the the woman. I guess the actress was murdered or something that was in that, right? Really? Yeah. No, that. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's like it's like this weird story where um, yeah, I think it's her. It's because he had a couple of other films out, but the actress. You know, it's, it's like one of these like shadowy stories where like she was never, you know, they found her body and like, I don't know. It's like some really, really seedy like story surrounding that. Oh, shit. Now you got me down a rabbit hole. I need to look this up. <laughs> yeah, look it up, man. It's like a pretty dark story, you know, but yeah. I, I haven't. I mean, I read about him, you know, it's like I, I the guy himself like sounds like someone that'd be cool to talk to. But I don't know if I want to watch any of his movies, really. Yeah, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't recommend Black Metal Veins, but, I mean, I only heard about that from another podcast, and they were just like, if you're into fucked up movies, check this out, you know? Have but you seen any of his other ones? Because he's got, like, some other shit out there, too, like those, like, slaughtered vomit dolls, or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> that one kind of sounds good. It sounds yeah. good. 
<laughs> Slaughter vomit dolls. Fuck yeah. I think that's the title. It's like some some crazy title like that. But yeah, he's got a bunch of shit out there. And like, I'm like more... I read about him, and a part of me wants to like try to like like interview him or something like that. But I know that in order to interview him, I would probably have to watch at least one or two of his films. And I don't know if I'm up for that, really. You know? Yeah. See, like at least when I hit you up, I was like, I've listened to your podcast and listened to your album, so. We'll probably have something to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I just hit you up out of a blind like, you know, I, he'd probably be down to talk on some podcast. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, kind of how I hit you up. I was just like, yeah, he'd probably be down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I like, I like, uh, try to support, you know, people doing this kind of shit. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's like a cool, like, medium, you know, and it's like, you know, if there's any, any way I could just, you know, contribute somehow. That's cool. You know, we like having guests on. I, I just feel like it's funner than just us talking about whatever, you know what I mean? So like, you know, I'm not going to lie. I like the last episode of the flying humanoids episode. Yeah, that, was fun. <laughs> that was pretty fun, but I like the, when we have a guest on, like, uh, I think the last guest was Richard, right? Yeah. From uh, the doom marathon. Um, yeah. Podcast. You should check out if you like, horror movies hello this is the doom show and he's wrote a bunch of books about like giallo and oh nice stuff like that um i, I might have sent you a link already but if you want to check him out i'll resend you the episode or whatever he's really yeah. really interesting has a cool band and his books are really good i read um one of them a couple years ago where he did like a I believe it was like a giallo movie thon and he wrote about it you know like the whole like a weekend while doing like movie reviews of what he was watching so yeah that was fun to have him on yeah the giallo stuff is um the guy the other dude that i do necromaniacs with mike the other mike he's like the italian horror horror uh you know sort of specialist out of the two out of the three of us you know and i like a lot of that stuff too but mike's like totally absorbed in that shit you know if, if he likes Italian horror, he would love our conversation with Richard because, like, that's mostly what we talked about was just Italian horror in general. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll send you that shit. But yeah, I love Necromaniacs, man. Um, I, the last episode I believe I listened to was uh, when Dario Nicolodi passed away. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, that was sad. I think yeah, uh, definitely. I threw in Tenebrae. Uh, Tenebrae. Fucking classic. Yeah, we just pick, we pick like two of the, you know, what we consider to be the better, best films that she was in with Argento and, and Ten- Tenebrae is definitely one of the top ones, I think. Yeah. One of, I, one of my favorites. I would say Deep Red, Tenebrae, and Phenomenon is like yeah. her, like, top notch Argento film. So if you had to pick a Giallo, which one would be like at least one of your all time favorites? Well, for me, I, w- I would for sure uh, Tenebrae. Uh, that's probably my favorite because it's 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 like the beginning of the end in some ways for Giallo films. Like there's um, yeah. it's kind of it's in the '80s, so there's like a little bit of this kind of '80s like sleaze vibe going going into it. Sleaziness. You know, so, yeah, it's like a little sleazy. You know, it's like sleazier than some of the other ones. Yeah, for sure, so, man. One of my favorite yeah. Argento like yeah. shots is of the dead girl and her like i guess underwear like yeah like i don't know something about that is just like 
not uh, it's shocking, but it's like artful and beautiful too. Like it's really strange, but just a shot of that one girl and Argento, man. I, I shit about Argento, Argento sometimes, but he does. He is a great filmmaker. I mean, we shit. I watched. Uh, I put on Trauma the other night this weekend actually, just to have something on. I like Trauma. That is a good. One. <laughs> I like Trauma. It's fine. Um. Are you a full? Uh, so, I, whenever we have someone on who likes horror movies, I usually ask this question: Do you like Fulci or Argento better? What's one thing is like? Oh, uh, it depends know. on what era, man. I mean, like Argento. After a while, his movies got pretty bad, you know. So, I mean, seventies Argento, I prefer. Okay. Over, uh, over like Fulci, but I think like if you like put in like the entirety of um, Argento's career and compare it to Fulci, I would probably say I might like Fulci like a little bit more just because some of Argento's later work kind of like watered down his output yeah, in some that's ways. that's my feelings too because Argento... I'm sorry? I didn't say anything. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, I was going to say um, like Argento kind of stayed safe with a giallo murder mystery movies, but Fulci jumped around, man. He did everything. That's what I like about Fulci. Like, I, I'm really into his uh, spaghetti westerns, actually. For the Apocalypse. For the Apocalypse is a fucking classic and a masterpiece. And where's the fucking Blu-ray? Where's the fucking Blu-ray of For the Apocalypse? No, that's a film. Beautiful film. I'm a big Fochi guy. <laughs> I'm a big yeah. Fochi. Fucking, uh, I've dabbed into, like, even his comedies, man. You know what I mean? Like, you can find some of his comedies on, like, YouTube. Like, even as I, like, throwback since we mentioned Cole earlier in the episode, like, because we were trying to start off a sub-branch of, like, our podcast many years ago, like, uh, called A Date with Fochi, and we had bought this book for research, written by Stephen Thrower, who was, like, a mm-hmm. member of Coil for a while, just to, like, Go into like all this massive faulty research. Are you familiar with Stephen Thrower and his like um, horror movie books and all that? Uh, Stephen, I mean, I, I I haven't read any of his books, but I mean, I know I know that he um, you know he has output. Like he's written a bunch of stuff. I just like I was saying, like I I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like uh, sideways into Italian stuff. Like mostly Mike Scandato, my other partner on the on the show, is like the Italian horror guy. I, mean, I like. You know, I like uh, Michele Suave and like you know, uh, like the Fulci, so the early Fulci stuff, the horror stuff he's done. Yeah, and like the seventies Giallo stuff from uh, Argento. Um, Man, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I really get into. Never made a bad movie, at least yeah. from even his like newer crime films are pretty good, from what sure. I've uh, read online. But yeah, those four uh, Michele Suave, man, I'm a nerd on him. You bring up him, it's like the first four, you know, fucking, um, was Stage Fright, The Church, The Sect, and, um, Cemetery Man. Yeah, Delamore Delamore is, like, the greatest, man. That's, like, one of my favorite all-time films. Yeah, dude, Cemetery Man's probably, like, fucking the last great Italian horror film, maybe. And, well, at least for me, because, like, that was one I watched early on in my life, and I was like, I know this is, like, from another country, you know? And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just remember the fucking dirt bike, like zombie dirt bike dude from that movie. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, the, yep, yeah, the guy, the guy uh, who, the, yeah, the uh, the dudes. He was like the boyfriend, one of the boyfriends of the 
whatever version of uh, Anna Fauci. You know, she had like th- these different segments of the film where she would be different characters. Yeah. And then, I- uh, oh, wait, actually, wait, she was the boyfriend of the, the guy's, like the mayor's like daughter or something like that. And then he had a, the accident Then he came back as a zombie with all these like fucking pieces of metal sticking out of him on the, on the motorcycle. Yeah, that was cool. That at a young age watching it on like the sci-fi channel or something, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 that young where I used to watch most of my classic movies on Sci-Fi Channel or AMC. You know what I mean? Like when they would uh, back when they were good, I guess. I don't know how I don't have cable now, so I don't know how shit is now. But you know, I, I usually just honestly I just watch VHS or DVDs to be honest I need to catch up on the streaming stuff like you were mentioning the Netflix ghost stuff and I'm like I know I watched one thing from Netflix about the ghost shit like the haunting of something house you know it was pretty good but I need to catch up on the Netflix stuff and streaming stuff you know yeah there's actually two two of those um series like there's two seasons there's like the haunting of Hill House which is like based on the Shirley Jackson uh, yeah. you know, story. And then there's The Haunting of Bly Manor, which um, is roughly based on The Turning of the Screw by, uh, I can't remember the fucking guy who wrote that. But yeah, it's like, you know, another well, that, gothic horror type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, honestly, the last newer movie I watched was, um, fuck, y'all covered it on Necromaniacs. I believe it was like The Beach House or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I enjoyed that one, yeah. That pretty... Um, well, the person I was watching it with, they, they were like, it was more of a slow burn, so they weren't that into it. But I thought it was pretty good for what it was, you know? If you like the... It's like a... I can't really explain the plot, but like the ocean kind of revolts and mutates okay. people on land with the water and stuff. And it's like, it's kind of Lovecraftian. It's kind of body horror. It's definitely body horror. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> it's, uh, I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd, I'd give it like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. I'd recommend it. Like whenever whenever there's some sort of weird sea creature involved, you know, something from like deep under the sea, you know, tentacles, I'm, I'm like way into that kind of shit. You know, I like all that stuff. Yeah, dude. Um, have you seen much of the Lovecraft movies? Like I guess the Stuart Gordon adopts it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Stuart Gordon ones I've seen. Back, you know, like for sure, I'm a fan of those, but uh, I acknowledge that they're not, they don't really seem like Lovecraft stories. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, uh, the one I thought kind of kept close to Lovecraft was Dagon, actually. Yeah, 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 definitely. Right, yeah, de- yeah, definitely. That one has, like, uh, it's pretty much tells us the story. It's like the narrative is pretty much the same as the story. Yeah, and I thought that was real interesting. Uh, I haven't seen that since God. I was like 13, 14 since I've seen that, but I remember. I got on a Lovecraft real young because my grandpa used to buy me like horror books about horror movies, you know. That's cool. yeah. He he bought me this one book called like The Ghoulies, and it was just short stories based on movies. And one of them was Color Outer Space. Kind of, he read me that. And that's kind of how I got into Lovecraft. Like, holy shit, dude! And now our favorite actor Nicholas Cage is now yeah, right. <laughs> To be honest, that is one of my favorite newer movies. Like, I bought that on the Blu-ray and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, yeah me too. Was Cage? God damn, that's gonna be amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's great. I have, I bought, I have the Blu-ray of that too. I love it, and and I know that um, 
Richard was... Stanley, he's making more. He's yeah. doing more. Uh, he's doing like a, the Dunwich Horror next, I think. Yes. Have you seen the 60s version of that? Um, with Dean Stockwell, I believe. No, I haven't. I've been wanting to, I've been meaning to check that out. Maybe maybe tonight I'll try to watch that somewhere. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen that version of it. Horror, 60s, hippie kind of shit. You'd like that. Um, I like Dunwich Horror a lot, actually. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I had that on tape or not. But. Yeah, I think it was on tape because I remember me and you watched it before. Yeah. Because that was like a few years. It's been a few years back when we were like hanging out. Yeah, yeah. It was probably one of those movies I was like, yo, like during band practice I'd put on. Like, remember when I would put on movies during band practice back in the day? Um, I'm just doing that. We need to put a TV in the barn now. (laughs) We do the same thing at practice, actually. We got this, um, one of these old school, like, TVs with the built-in VHS player. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and we just put shit on in the, uh, you know, during practice with the sound off. Oh, yeah. I remember I had one of those, and it ate my Trumpy Lovecraft, Stuart Gordon. I, I... Unscrewed the TV and took the tape out without messing oh, up. Oh, it was one of those. If that tape video, like I, TV I, I unscrewed the TV itself to take the tape out up because I was like, I'm not fucking up my from beyond tape, dude. That's probably out of. That's probably the second best Gordon like uh, Lovecraft adoption that's closest to the story, you know. Yeah, definitely. Reanimator takes a pretty big departure, though, from the short story. Uh, I mean, the short story, there's like a lot more stuff that goes on than you yeah, know, yeah. the movie covers. I remember the short story was fun, but it was a little racist. About well, dude, yeah, when they talk about the boxer, you know, there's the body of the, the boxer that was killed in the yeah. boxing match. It's like straight up like racist, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I'll say I like Lovecraft, but I do understand he's not a good person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like if you could just delete like those those instances where it just gets like like super you know like xenophobic like yeah. it, his work because it's like on the other hand there's those moments but then on the other hand it's like his writing is so beautiful at times too you know yeah you kind of got to take the artist from the art kind of deal you know like yeah you know like that's kind of how I see a lot of things now because like I get I. Like, you know, like, one of my first metal bands was Pantera, and it's like, you know, they're not, like, but, <laughs> you know, they, they've had some shit go on in recent years, I guess, with Phil and Somo and all that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So was, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, but, yeah, I used to listen to Pantera. And, I mean, no shit, like, Don yeah. Bacterell was, like, one of the biggest reasons I play guitar, I mean. Like, I can't apologize yeah. for liking something when I didn't know what it meant at the time, you know what I mean? Where, like, I didn't know what the Nazi flag and hell shit, uh, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was young when I got into that shit, you know what I mean? I yeah, nah, not- man, I hear you, man. It's like, but also, I mean, just, time, like, the significance of those things kind of change over time, too, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, there's, like, pictures of uh, the Sex Pistols when they were on, like, that TV that- show in England and, like, Susie from Susie the Banshees like had like a like a like a t-shirt with like a swastika on it you know yeah. is Susie a Nazi I don't I don't think so you know what I mean but yeah you know shock value like you know yeah. a lot of, a lot of bands from the south they'll they'll use like the you know the this confederate flag but it's more about like like I understand because I have t- lots of friends I know like you know 
dudes from Louisiana and like all those bands, like I Hate God and Goat Whore. They're not they're not racist, but some of those guys like feel like you know that the Confederate flag is more about their heritage, you know, and it's like. You know, is that that's but nowadays there's a different, you know, focus on that, you know, and it changes. Things change as time goes by, you know. And someone from a country, I'll say the Confederate flag, and it's always been around, but until I did my research and like grew up enough to like read into it, I've been like, fuck it, you know what I mean? Like I get yeah. the heritage part and all that, but to be honest, you know, it's like yeah, I just fuck it. If you do your research on it, then you're going to say fuck it. Just, yeah, exactly. You know, just, just do your own research on shit, I guess, you know? Look, think for yourself and decide how you want to fucking, you know. Yeah, look, totally, I, man. And I like, mean, go- like, you know, just, just be growing up here in the North, like, I've never embraced, uh, you know, the Confederate flag for any particular reason, but, you know, it's like, I think in the climate of that we got today, it's like you got to be like sensitive to what other people, how they yeah. might perceive it. You know what I mean? In yeah. fact, we had that issue evolving like when we were trying to book a show back like yeah. early last year. We were trying to book a show, and like someone brought up the fact that someone in the band had a uh, Confederate flag on their fucking vest, and I mean, like to be honest, my dog just got hit, so I was like, not like giving a fuck about anything besides being sad about my dog you know sure. what i mean yeah. and i was like look dude look it's just like just talk to a dude if he's a fucking piece of shit then no we're not gonna have a band but if he's just having it on for whatever reason like i think they said it was like the blacked out confederate flag that they do now that, like what i hate god does. yeah or yeah. whatever or something like that i mean i don't know i don't exactly no but i was just like as long as he's not a piece of shit i don't care if the band plays at my house you know sure yeah i mean that's the thing man it's like you can kind of to be honest you can kind of tell which guys are trouble and which guys aren't really you know what i mean i mean having having uh actually been uh in in uh you know close uh quarters with uh you know actual nazis yeah, in my lifetime, you know what I mean. I, 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 you can tell which guys are trouble and which guys aren't. You can tell which guy might, definitely, you tell. know, be a little bit, you know, like have some real sketchy ideologies, and which guys don't because they're very straightforward about how they portray themselves. You know. Now, like this kid, I just thought he was just—he didn't know any better. He's just in a, you know, like sludge band. So, yeah, whatever. you know, like if it's not, if he's—he's he's really not that. If he's not going to say shit or start any trouble, then. I don't give a fuck, dude. My dog just that. <laughs> but, but also on the other on the other hand too, it's like you know, it's cool. It'd be cool to like talk to the guy too. You know what I mean? Like I know there are some people I know Play that him. are like, oh, we're just gonna go fucking hit this guy in the head with a hammer because he's got like a Burzum t-shirt on. You know? And I'm like, well, oh, no, dude, no. that's not so. You know that that's probably not the way to handle things either. Maybe we should go talk to the guy and find out what he's all about. You know, before you act on him like that. You know, best with a patch on it. So it was just like. You know, out of respect, he was just like, okay, if you're not cool with it, I'm not going to wear it while I play at your house, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how he, it went, but yeah, that's, they're a good band, too. Check them out. Uh, Inanimous. Inanimous, yes. Inanimous? Uh, yes. Okay. I'll send you some links, man. Yeah, I dude, got... send me all this shit you guys are talking about, especially, like, these bands. Like, I don't, you know, some of these bands I've never even heard of, so for sure let me know about it. No, they're more local bands, but it's shit I think you'd be into. You know yeah, what I mean? dude, I, I'll fucking, I don't give a fuck. If, you know, I'll listen to, if it's good, I'll check it out. I'm yeah. down with that. It's good shit. That's why, you know. It's happening too, because like a lot of our favorite bands, like 
We're not like listening to far out shit. <laughs> it's yeah. like we like read for like our own scene by listening to like stuff. Yeah, like yeah, some yeah. of our favorite bands now have become like our friends. Yeah, like a lot of our favorite local bands are friends now just from us playing shows or going to shows with them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I got like mad like demos from over the years of bands that just probably only play in the area that they're from, really. You know, and it's like it's shit that I listen to regularly. Hell yeah. That's how we are, pretty much. I mean, like, I mean, like one of my favorite, like we went to, we were going through very, all, like all kinds of shows throughout 2019. Oh, no. I got a piss. You, you keep the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but like we were going through like very, like so many different shows from like this place they call the Buck, and that's like it's these like punks basements are like going to actual venue shows throughout the year. And like one of our favorite shows was like a show we put on in a bar <laughs> on Halloween. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I hate like to say it was like, oh, one of my favorite shows is the show I got to play. But I was like still like even beyond that, like seeing the other bands like that were like all our friends and the other bands playing was just like, wow. It's like we're all literally just like bringing this shit together through like music. Just like, hey, we're all just going to show up here and have fun. <laughs> yeah, totally, dude. That's like that's what I fucking miss, man. It's like, you know, it's playing shows in Jersey and like, you know, Brooklyn and, you know, where all our friends are at, you know, putting, putting together bills, like the last bill we played, well, the only time we played in all of 2020 was a basically a local show. It was like us and like friends. And we played down in the, this place called the Brighton bar in Long Branch, New Jersey. And it was just like all the, all the bands on the bill were friends. Most of the people that came to the show were friends. And like, you know, we had friends from Brooklyn come down. We had friends from the just Jersey and it was just like a really good time. Ooh, I feel that yeah, it's always just like when like also like, everybody there's just like we're all friends just having a good time. That's like always sometimes just some of the best shows when like when it's like when it's not very big and shit. Well, like Halloween was pretty big because like that surprised us because we had to start earlier than we intended, but and that was cool, I guess. <laughs> Hey, we opened up that show and we had a pit, so that was pretty. That's that fun. was fun. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, totally. You know, you know how it'd be with the first bands. No one wants to fucking have a pit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that was great. So we can't live that down, at least. Uh, and yeah, we were supposed to go like on tour last year, but that fell apart with. COVID and stuff, so there were plus there were so many shows I just wanted to go see last year as well. But dude, we had that we were getting we were literally gearing up to leave for that Napalm Death tour, and then like fucking COVID happened. Oh yeah, y'all fucking. This <laughs> was the fucking worst moment of my life, man. Like, That's like ever since. Dude, ever since I was like, I don't know, 18 years old, I wanted to go on tour with Napalm Death, man. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be great. You know, finally, you know, I got this like lifelong like dream. Yeah. And then uh oh yeah, COVID nineteen. And then, you know, but it was during that period of time where like we thought like, oh, this shit's gonna blow over like in a couple of weeks. You know, it's gonna just be like, all right, you know, I, now it's cool, like two weeks later. And then slowly they didn't cancel that tour until like the very last minute man and and I, I was like it still felt like a localized thing with the infections i was like well you know it's only 
maybe the East Coast will get canceled or something, you know, and the, yeah, the West Coast will be fine. But then like one by one, then we just got the word that the whole thing was being like, they didn't say canceled, but postponed. So I'm like hoping that at some time in my lifetime, we get to do this tour. You know what I mean? Like whenever things come back, hopefully. And then there was like, now we're going to other... right next door to us. And we're, I was excited about that. <sighs> yeah, dude, it was what it's going to be great. dude. It was going to be so much fun. And then, yeah. Fuck yeah, you know what I mean? Because I had just dropped a really good album. Too. Oh, dude, yeah, that that was my album of the year last year, man. That was my favorite record of the of the whole year. That that new Napalm. It's so fucking great, you know. I'm glad to see but, like Embry's always like doing stuff. He's still kicking it, and he's still like always doing quality stuff. Even whether it's with Napalm Death, like some of those other side projects are starting to make a resurgence now. So. Oh yeah, blood from the uh, blood from the soul. Like they put out another record by them last year, uh, which like the original version of that band had Lou Kohler from Sick of It All in it, nice as the vocalist. And uh, you can still find that record. It came out on Earache, like in like 1992 or something like that. But that record's out there. And um, then he revitalized that project with a with a, a band. Like the original version of that was a drum machine and. Uh, and then now this new thing has got different players and different musicians on it. You know, it's like a real drummer and that kind of stuff. It's more like a like a extreme metal kind of thing, you know. Oh, no drum machine. That's usually what we end up using. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm down with that. I like drum machines. I mean, I, you know, I fuck around with programming drums. It's 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 cool. I like industrial music too, man. I like, you know, stuff like in that in that realm as well. And uh, but you know, it's you probably just figured you wanted to do something different, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that was good shit, though. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I love some drum machine shit. You know, like, uh, what was it, early Mortison when they had a drum machine going I on? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they still, they always have a drum machine, Mortician. Hey, hell yeah. They, yeah. That's like their that. thing. They have a drum. No one's, how, you got to find, it's like, maybe there's only like five guys who can play that fast. You know what I mean? So it's like, that is you, you got to use a drum machine, you know, it's crazy shit. Like, yeah, that is true. Drum machines do work really good well for fast music. Who was that one guy that they said was like one of the fastest drummers? Tim Young. He was in uh, that band with Eric Ruta and Hate Eternal for a while. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's that guy, George Kalias, the guy that's in, um, he's oh, in uh, Nile. Yeah. 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 That dude's fast as shit, man. That guy's super fast. Oh, yeah. He's probably one of the fastest drummers in extreme, you know, metal or whatever, like George Kalias, probably. He's saying it all can get it, too. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love whenever I find a fast fucking drummer to play with, man. It's fun. Like, Tristan, he's a fast drummer. It's like, we all, anytime we've recently played with drummers like that, it's always they want you just, like, straight DB, which is fun. Great influence for a while. I don't like DB, man. <laughs> I don't like playing DB. I get bored really quick, you know? Like, we were in a D-beat band that played for a few shows, but it was just like, I get really bored of these songs really quick, man. Like, I felt like other people were doing better than we did. Like, more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say that. Like, it's fun we to wipe, we, we did, this stuff. We did wipe out a bunch of the local D-beat bands uh, when we played, but there's a few that are more interesting, I'd say. I remember, like, a few years ago, like, or probably a while ago at this point, that was, like, real popular, like, in the States. You know, there's all these DB bands happening. Oh, it's still, and, like, uh, 
Like, there still is. It's still popular. Where I'm from, it, yeah. yeah. At least in Raleigh, D-Beat is still like, there's at least 10 D-Beat bands in Raleigh, you know, or in the area. Like Scarecrow definitely stands out. Yeah, Scarecrow, uh, Drug Charge. It goes on. There's a lot of local. I mean, it's pretty good D-Beat. I'd say Vitna and Drug Charge are yes, the ones. That, I love Drug Charge. That, that was one of my favorite shows in 2019. Well, seeing Drug Charge on 9 11. It was on 9 11. It was a free show that. on 9 11. That's great. And it was also a Fuck Hopscotch um, thing. Free show. Fuck Hopscotch, 9 11 free show. Drug Charge. Dastrip opened up secretly. Uh, I don't remember who the fuck else was there, but I know Dastrip did a secret set, and well, then it was Drug well, Charge. I know, I know it's anti-punk, but Hopscotch Festival ain't that bad. They booked some cool shit. I, I think they booked some shit for me to go see. I'll go see them, but most of the time, those bands end up coming back through within like six months of Hopscotch, like Converge did that one time. You remember? That's what makes it hard to go to, like, those big yeah. festivals. Like Remember, Converse played Hopscots and then played, like, a year later on my birthday, or around my birthday. Like, <laughs> why pay, like, a hundred-something dollars for Hopscots when I could pay 50 bucks to see them out of venue, And the thing about, know? like, seeing bands on festivals, like, usually most bands play for, like, what, 30 minutes? So, like, when you yeah. just go to a club, like... I don't know. It's more, it feels like you're, like, in a more intimate setting and the band yeah. is, like... I remember when we saw iFlies, they played for like an hour almost. That was a good show. You ever listen to I iFlies? iFlies? No. What, what are they all about? What's their story? Um, it's a uh, fuck. It's a guitarist from Full of Hell. Yeah, Spencer has oh, Okay. And um, the dude's from Backslider. Backslider, uh, great like what grindy power balance kind of band. Well, that's cool. Yeah, Spencer's a good guitar player, man. He's pretty real creative in that style. Um, you'd like them then. They're like Melvin worship, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say Melvin worship. It's it. Melvin's worship in the best way. Yeah, Melvin worship in the way you'd like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I'm not the biggest Melvin's fan. I gotta be honest, man. It's like I I liked uh, the early shit, you know, like up until like maybe like Houdini or something, and yeah, then. I I just feel like that band's making fun of of me when I listen to them, you know? And I'm just like, well, yeah, I don't want to listen to you anymore, you know? Oh, man, I feel that, though. It's like, yeah. Well, when I listen to certain bands, it's just like, y'all are too, it's either you're making fun of me or you're too good for me to listen to, you know? That's kind of how I feel about Swans. Like, <laughs> there's a reason I passed out before I got to see Swans, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Dude, that's like one of my favorite bands of all time, man. Swans. I love Swans. One of the last Gimme was it Gimme Meadow episodes I listened to, I think, was a Swans episode. Yeah. We I got to see Swans live and he passed out literally because like when little Andy or Andy Anxiety was playing. Um yeah, that was like one out. of the loudest shows I've ever I don't even know how I passed out either. I won't like drunk or anything, you know. Like I just, I, I think I just like passed out from like heat or something, or I don't know. That'll do it. That'll definitely do it, man. Heat exhaustion. And they kind of just threw me out because they were like, you know, <laughs> like this kid just passed out. This fucking, he's on something. Throw him the fuck out, you know. And so I, and that's how I miss Swans. That's how I miss my only chance of seeing Swans. Like, I'll give it, because I said it before, like, I'll give it to Michael Jarrett. Like, he's just standing there, because he saw my, a copy of My Father Will Got Me Up a Rope to the Sky. 
Like, he's just standing there, like, after every show, just, like, talking, like, me and anybody that wants to, like, meet him and, like, sign shit. That's cool. Like, that's cool. He seems like a cool dude. I watched, we watched the Swans documentary not too long ago. Do you got the, uh, the, the extended version of that? I got the Blu-ray, and there's a whole other disc of, a, of more, like, interviews and shit. No, we watched it on Prime, but holy shit, if there's, like, a whole extra disc, then I might have to buy the Blu-ray. I, I recommend it, man. There's, like, you know, like, a lot of the stuff they edited, you know, from the, from the, the, short, the shortcut of it. Yeah. There's, like, extent, they extend those, and there's, like, these segments of Michael Gira, like, talking more about some of the shit that he touched on in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking awesome. Really cool. I want to check that out. Uh, they're, they're a band I just kind of, within recent years, got into. Like, they weren't floating around when I was younger, but goddamn, they're good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that was one of my things, like, growing up, like, Besides that, like, my strongest thing was, like, industrial music. Yeah. I like to find out, like, weird shit and, like, getting into No Wave. Like, one of the biggest things to me was, like, the No New York compilation, you know? Like, so you sold me shit like Swans and Lydia Lunch, and I sold you stuff like fucking Germs and Replacements, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's what I was into. I was into punk and alternative and weird shit like that, and you were more into industrial and metal and all that, you know? Like I just wanted to hear like what is the most extreme thing I can hear? What is the most far out fucking thing I can like listen to? Yeah. And like ahead. Swans, you know, inevitably comes up on that journey and their new music still embodies like extremity and even like in so many different ways, even it's like melodic. Yeah, no, totally, man. There's a lot of melody and, and especially in the newer stuff. My my favorite era though is still like the you know um, child, children of God and uh, yeah. soundtracks of the blind like that era is still my favorite. That's the era I've been trying to get through right with now, Jarbo, dude. Yeah. The stuff era. with Jarbo is so good, man. So good. Yeah. She's amazing. Like um, gaming off. Uh, what was it? What's her name? God. I'm gonna fuck it up if I say it. Ignuna Ingata? Yeah, see, I just fucked it all up. She gave me off that kind of vibe. uh, Watching the Swans documentary and then seeing her live opening for the body, you know, kind of gave me off similar vibes, you know. Well, it's like I got to pick up that Jarbar, the Jarbo and Neurosis, like, Oh, man. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. Just like the first song is creepy as hell. Check that out again. I know you showed me it a while ago, but it's been a few years for me. Um, that was back when I actually still like drove, drove like that. Back when you you had a license in a car. Well, you have a license, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Swans, man. They're a band I've been getting into. I sort of gotten into earlier, but. I don't know. I um, didn't, yeah, you just showed me, like, on the vice versa, that, like, butthole surfers. Yeah, I was about like, to bring up butthole surfers, because I was like, yeah, you were probably listening to the Swans, and I was probably just listening to, like, butthole surfers or something, like, but I see, like, butthole surfers more into my, like, reality of noise rock and fucking weirdness, you know? You ever seen any months butthole surfers? Yeah, totally, man. I mean, they were, like, one of the bands, you know, like, when I was a kid, that was, like, you know, the the band that people talked about and, yeah, you know, yeah. it was like, you got to check this shit out. And uh, yeah, a lot of their stuff's cool. You know, I just, um, 
I definitely I like it. You know, I have a bunch of their records, and um, yeah, it's cool stuff for sure. I would I would honestly I, I say this all the time, but Electric Larry Land is one of the most underrated albums of the '90s. Probably, yeah, I can see that. I'm sure I love that album so much, and that that was how I got into Butthole Surfers was Electric Larry Land. And I will say, like having like started like getting into like a little deep dive with them recently, like even like their major label like like output, yeah. I'm doing quotation marks. Like that stuff is still like really good. It's still just really out there, and I love it so much. I think it's pretty working. crazy. It's pretty crazy that they were on a major label. If you think about it, you know what I mean. It really is. It really fucking is. It's like. You know, I guess in the nineties they were just signing everybody, butthole surfers, meat puppets. Even meat yeah. puppets a fucking major label and like look, I love meat puppets, but you gotta you gotta like a certain kind of music to really get into meat puppets, you know what I mean? Absolutely, it's not very man. Ma- not very mainstream, you know, it's like off tuned, weird country punk music. You're not gonna like it unless you're into it, you know? And they, they would put those bands on the road with like like the Meat Puppets and like like Stone Temple Pilots or something like that toured together in the nineties. You know, it's like weird pairings of different bands that probably would never should never play together, you know. I, I got into Meat Puppets because they played with Nirvana on the unplugged stuff and Nirvana covered a few Meat Puppet songs. That's how I got into Meat Puppets, you know? Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes more sense, though, really, you know, because it's like, you know, the Nirvana is definitely, you know, like a like a popular kind of band. But like, you yeah. know, they were into like cool shit, like the guys in the band were into like the stuff on SST and hey, man, you know, yeah. got me on the most of the music I love and listen to to this day. I mean, like it was also, a big reference point for me. You know? I mean, like so being like a 90s kid myself, you know, I was born 93, like I grew up listening to like, you know, yeah. music on the radio, watching music television when that was still like a thing as a kid. You know, like Nirvana was to me was what was like, like what Beatles was from or Rolling Stones was yeah. people in the sixties or like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Because I ain't gonna lie, Nirvana's my favorite band just because of them getting me into music and helping me find more, more music that I like. You know, they they even referenced Swans back in the day. You know, they fucking got me onto like Celtic Frost and Flipper, all sorts of shit. You know, Nirvana has a big influence to me. I would say. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that that's definitely true, you know. I mean, I think they opened up like the whole you know, they they made careers for other bands too, you know. It's like, you know, helped, like other other bands that probably would have gotten overlooked, you know. They helped a lot of bands get paid with that. This is really cool. <laughs> Cuz like with Sonic Youth, like they helped Sonic Youth get signed to a major label and like I don't even view like because I don't believe in the whole sell bullshit anyway. Yeah, I don't like, believe yeah. in the selling out. Like bullshit you know, Goo was like pros- really one of my favorite Sonic Youth albums because as me and him always say, like it's really everything you'd ever want from Sonic Youth. Yeah, Goo is like, like and that I know- doesn't diminish their other albums. At no, all. no, and also I know not everyone's into Sonic Youth like that. Like you know, I, I know Thurston Moore can be an asshole. You know, what I-, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of his really. I mean. Some of their stuff's cool. Like I like Evil. Like that record, Evil, I think is cool. And you know, Daydream Nation's a good record. Um, I usually, I you know, like Goo is a good good record. I like that one a lot. You know, 
Yeah, I loved you. That yeah, that's and, a you know, classic to us. And like how myself for like their situation was like what Sonic Youth was like your band for like ten years before they even got Sound Bomb Major and like mm-hmm. oh so like Nirvana comes and like sure helps gets them like on that major label after like ten years like putting in work. So like I mean kind of like Dinosaur Jr. And they're still too. like yeah, then those bands were still like doing really good shit. To be really. honest, I don't know how Dinosaur Jr. did end up being the Nirvana of the '90s. To be honest. Dude, I, I like have always, dude, Dinosaur Jr., like Jay Maskis is like one of the greatest songwriters ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie, Lou Barlow is actually a great songwriter. Sebado has well. been, been a big like band on me lately. I've been listening to a lot of Sebado, which is Lou Barlow's band. He was a bassist from Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. yeah I kind of was wondering why, like, maybe why they didn't like end up like Nirvana, you know, because they had the songs, they had the anthems, just like the replacements did in the 80s, you know? Like, the replacements, I could have seen the replacements being their Nirvana for the 80s, kind of, you know? Yeah, if they had come out in the 90s, I think the replacements would have been gigantic, but, you know, yeah. I think they just were, like, too ahead of the curve a little bit, because I think, they, you know, they were on a major label, like, they, like, Please to Meet Me and Tim, I think, were on major what? labels. Where's Tim? I can't. That's been my inside joke all weekend. Where's Tim? Because I can't find my copy of Tim. (laughs) But that was like that was way way before, man. That was like eighty six or something when Tim came out. Eighty five, eighty six or eighty seven. I'm pleased to meet you. Like I know Tim was like the first. um, I mean, you're talking about label, but yeah, because you're talking about then that came up with like the hardcore scene of like the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah, I mean, we were listening to Sorry Ma. I took out Matras the other night. Like, that's yeah. just a classic record. But. And jamming, like, Mission of Burma and stuff. Yeah. But, but, but like, with the replacements, though, man, it's like, you got to remember, like, the um, to, to, to sell them as, like, a commercial band. You know, they would have to be, like, with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers or something like that at that era. You know, it's not like, like, yeah, if you, they had come out in the 90s, they would have been megastars. But they were... Just the, the 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 world of commercial music wasn't ready for what they were doing, really. You know what I mean? Because to be honest, Tim and Please to Meet Me could have like been sold a lot. I mean, they got they got singles, you know. They got yeah. anthems. You know, like I I think Bastards of Young could have been like Smells Like Teen Spirit, kind of. You know what I mean? I mean sure. I listen to that stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> but like now we're like underground thing because replacements aren't on everyone's radar like I don't, I don't know why but they're not they're still kind of like you know when i talk to people they're still like oh the replacements i've kind of heard of them you know i, I mean to be fair though like i talk about that with bands like <laughs> yeah 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 it's like i can't believe like not many people like were like talking about like the thin black dude like like to me that album like yeah, that's black like three years amazing. old now but like oh yeah, yeah oxbow yeah totally man that's that's like Listen that's fucking Oxford. great shit, man. I mean, that's like you know, Eugene Robinson's my my boy, so I'm fucking tight with that guy. That guy, but like, that band is so totally fucking underrated, man. They are underrated. I would say that. I mean, goddamn, I was I could see them live at least once, you know. I don't. I've never seen Oxbow live, but I would love to. They're great live, man. I've seen them a few times. It's, they're awesome. That is one of my bucket list too. Bucket list bands. I mean, dude, I fucked up real big. Uh, uh, Tommy Stimson, the bassist from The Replacements, played at, at a record store like 
maybe two weeks before COVID really hit and started like down shit. And I almost went. I, I didn't go because I didn't think, you know, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll see him again sometime. You know what I mean? Like, that, that was one of the bad, big blow points is not seeing Tommy Stinson before all this shit started. I would, I would totally have gone to that, man. That'd be cool. I bet, I bet seeing Tommy Stinson perform would be, would be cool. I think that was just broke, honestly. And it was like a $30 show because it was in a little record store. And you know how, you know. I think I was just broke and didn't go. But me and my friend, you know, uh, we, we started hanging out just because we liked the replacements and kind of started a band. I don't know where he's been. So he started a band with me with a name and everything, but he ain't been around to play in it. So it's like turning into something completely different. You know what I mean? So, yeah. We almost went to that. I wish we did. I wish we did. All right. Well, looks like we're getting a little late. Well, we certainly definitely appreciated having you on. Is there anything you want to try and plug a little bit before we let you go? Um, well, you know, like I said, the uh, anyone out there who might have checked out Metal Matters, that I am no longer uh, hosting that show. But I urge you to continue to listen because uh, my good friend uh, Fred Pissarro, who used to be editor of Noisy, uh, has taken over for me, and um, and if you want to listen to more more of me and Randy, you can head on over to Everything Went Black podcast, and that's available Spotify, Apple, you know, Apple Apple Podcast, YouTube, Stitcher, everywhere. Subscribe to that, and you'll be getting weekly episodes about all kinds of music and you know lifestyle shit. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, tell Randy I would love to talk to him on the podcast. I love fucking cable. Yeah, like, man, I will. I will. I'm going to talk to him probably tonight, actually. Uh, damn. Like, you know, you know our experience, so you can tell him about, like, we just, like. like to be honest, we don't want to, like, interview you guys. We just want to, like, talk to you guys. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I hear you, man. Totally. Just nerding out. Yeah, stuff. just nerding out about shit. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. you know. That's kind of how I want to approach like was, like interviews even, on this show. Yeah. It's just, just besides it being interviews, it's just like us hanging out, talking about whatever. And honestly, like when I listen to interviews for other people, that's some of the best episodes. It's like yeah. when people are talking like that too. You got anything? Yeah, else? It's a, people enjoy that. You know, it's a lot more fun to listen to, to like just people talk about stuff than just you know questions and answers. You know. Yeah. You got anything else to plug, though? My bad. I kind of. Well, you know, just uh, at some point, hopefully this year, uh, Tombs will be back on the road. You know, I wish I had more detailed information about when, but uh, we're just, you know, hopefully that by the uh, summertime, end of the summer, we'll be out playing gigs again. That'd be great. Uh And, uh, you know, we got a bunch of like other things coming out, you know, seven inches and stuff like that, just to kind of keep things rolling, you know. Then y'all just put out a new album like in November, December, right? Yeah, yeah. Under Solid Skies came out in uh, November. And, um, you know, we've been doing, there's been like videos and stuff coming out. And, um, you know, the record, people seem to like it, which is cool. And uh, I think it's the best thing the band's done. So I'm happy that people appreciate it, you know. And uh, we're always working on new material. And, um, like I said, we're uh, going to be putting out a series of like seven inches over the yeah. next uh, few months. And it's going to be, you know, three, three new songs and one cover. And hey. uh, 
the yeah. first cover, the first seven inch is going to have uh, "Killed by Death" by Motorhead cover. as a cover, and then the second one is going to have uh, "Rights of Right of Darkness" by uh, Bathory. So well, um, that's going to you know be uh, another track, and then we haven't planned out the other two, so we're going to have four total coming out in the next uh, next seven or eight months or so. What was the first cover you said? I was talking. I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. It was uh, "Killed by Death," the Motorhead song. Nice. Yes, we're we're jamming some Motorhead this weekend. Fuck yeah! Sure, yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, you gotta like Motorhead. You can't if you don't like Motorhead, you don't like music, man. In my opinion, you know they're like fucking great greatest bands ever. You know. That's a sacrament. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like if you don't like Motorhead, then rock and roll ain't your place. You know, (laughs) it's it's not your thing. You know, if you don't like Motorhead, definitely. (laughs) You gotta love some Lenny, man. Yeah, yeah okay. they're one of those bands, man. I think it's like Black Flag, uh, Sabbath, Slayer, and Motorhead. Those are the yeah. bands that you, if you don't like them, then this isn't for you, really. You know, that's kind of how I see it. That's what I would say. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. all those bands are like big reasons why I like starting out playing guitar too. So yeah, I mean, to yeah, say, I, and I'm not the biggest Slayer fan, but I fucking love some Slayer. I mean, growing for up, me, like know? playing like uh. Playing Rain and Blood, like that's one of the reasons. Like I even learned how to play yeah, fast, exactly. you know. Yeah. I just try to play that riff is like faster, faster, faster. I mean, one of the first riffs I learned, I just YouTube Cowboys from Hell by Pantera was trying to learn that on guitar. But you know, I'm not, I'm not a guitarist, so I kind of just gave up on that. But. <laughs> yeah, they got some tricky riffs, man. Pantera, they're like some of their riffs are very, they're pretty, pretty complicated, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got on the show with us, and I'm glad we got to talk and shit. Cause like, I just felt like since I've been listening to your podcast and music, I'm just like, yeah, this, this is a dude I could probably talk to about some shit for like an hour. Yeah, yeah man. Podcast. Totally, it was fun. And when he told me they like you agreed to, I was like, holy shit, holy shit, this is cool. Up a bunch of people I thought would be interesting to talk to you, and you're you're like the first one to get back to me. So, oh yeah, who said who said no? Who said they wouldn't do it? <laughs> no one's like no yet. Or um, all right, that's cool. Response back. There is there has been a few a no responses back. There's been a few no responses back, but no one's straight up said no. So that's yeah. cool. That's, yeah, that's- man. <laughs> and just to like a sneak peek, we're gonna have Richard Ramirez, a noise artist, on. Nice. I think we're with him next weekend. And then um, Chris Taylor said he'd be down to do a do a podcast with us. With a dude from Page Ninety Nine. Hell uh, yeah, dude! Yeah. Bliss, Terminal man. Bliss, the new band. Fucking, that shit's so good. Oh, dude, check out the new Terminal Bliss. Plus, he did the art for the new. Uh, uh, Betrayal Guilt record yeah, that just came out. The yeah. clo- uh, closed casket activities. Now he's nice. gonna be a nerd out with the art shit, love. You know what I mean? Because I love his art. That dude has some great artwork for albums and whatnot. Fucking page ninety nine, man. I haven't thought about those guys in a while, man. But I have, I have like almost all their albums. Man, I love that band. They're great. Same dude. We um. I got a tattoo dedicated to them all. <laughs> yeah. You well, because you guys, you guys are kind of from the same. I mean, not you're not the same but like you're within that radius of yeah. where those guys operated so yeah it's totally it's totally rad and in like majority rule those are big bands to me because they were from virginia and like i yeah. lived in a little bit we like know? like so. where i live like i border right virginia yeah. like virginia like that's like 
not even like a 20, 30 minute drive. From yeah, we could get to the Virginia state line in like 25 minutes right now, you know? Like, I'm right next to a place called Virgilina. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I lived in Virgilina. That's when I first heard Page 99, and that's kind of why, like, they became, like, big band to me. They had a song called Virginia, I think, and that, that song kind of, like, set the mood from where I was living at the time when I was that age, you know? Yeah, the uh, and also their band City of Caterpillar, too. That's yeah. another great band. Dude, if you want us to nerd out on Scram's bands, man, that, that should be a whole nother episode. <laughs> I, I like a lot. I like that, like, Screamo stuff, man. That's like, um, you know, that kind of stuff I thought was really cool, man. Like that kind of, you know, Page 99, City Caterpillar, Majority Rule. Like all that stuff's really great music. I did get to see them in Richmond. Jerome's Dream is fucking amazing. I love Jerome's Dream. I got to see Lomo Prieto once. They were really good. I, I remember, like... Uh, one time, like my old band played down in DC with Page Ninety Nine, and um, Mike, That's Mike, can bring up Anodyne, well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that was kind of like our little bit of our scene, you know, a little bit of a little bit of the scene we we operated in was that that kind of scene, and like I remember exactly. Mike, uh, Mike Prophet, like he put us up, he some friend of his, his two sisters, they're like young girls that uh they lived with their parents and we stayed at their house and they were like i think 18 at the time and uh real real nice looking girls man and i remember like they're like in love with steve brodsky from cave in and uh and they were just like do you know steve brodsky you know i'm in, I'm in love with him and stuff like that <laughs> and i was like i'm like oh, i'll pass i'll pass it along you know like when we go back to boston i'll i'll let steve know that you, you're in love with him <laughs> I should have brought up this earlier, but Anodyne, dude, it was. Uh, I actually got one of your set, one of a seven inches Anodyne from just trading re- uh, records with a friend, and I was like, "This is that first Mike Hill band. What the fuck? It was the one with the David Berkowitz song. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I think uh, Alone Alone Records put that out. Okay, yeah, I got yeah. that from a. I'm like, man, this shit rips, dude. I, um. I guess that was back when you were more into the true crime stuff, huh? writing songs about it. See, exactly. That's that's what I was saying. Like I was more into like you know like serial killers and you know satanic shit and stuff like that. You know, back in that time. Man, um, one thing I want to uh, bring up. You, you always bring up that Ricky Queso case, man. Uh, I got. It's <laughs> funny, man. And another thing I meant to bring up is Jim Van Beber. You got me onto him. Oh. Dude, man, Van Bever's the man, dude. I love that. I love all of his all of his work, man. Deadbeat at dawn, me and this girl watched, and she started calling me Goose, and I started calling her Bone Crusher. You know, there you go. It's great. You know, how the nickname started, you know. Yeah, I meant to bring all like all that shit up. I just kind of fucking forgot just from talking, you know. That's all good, man. You know the uh, yeah, Anodynes. That was like uh, you know we were like more. I don't know, kind of in the hardcore realm, I guess, the DIY scene, like maybe played with like Screamo bands a lot. Like we were on a Screamo label for a minute. It was more um, of a lot, where I would say, from last time listening to it, but it's been months, so don't take yeah. my memory, you know? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's cool. It was like a thing, you know? I like and, and, a lot. Of, I was like, this is something I'm going to seek out more if I could find more shit from y'all, you know what I mean? Yeah, all the records are long out of print, man. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someday I could convince somebody to put all that stuff back in print. That'd be kind of cool, I guess, or reissue it, maybe. 
Because like I said, the only way I got a hold of that one I was telling you about was I, I, I traded a fucking um fucking ACX DC Gula yeah, Goon split for it. You know what I mean? I just do some grind split seven inch for it. And I was like, man, fucking my kill band from back in the day. Fuck yeah. Maybe I should re- maybe I should put it out, man. Maybe I should figure out a way to re- reissue that stuff. Because I mean, all that shit's like, like all the labels talk- that put that stuff out are all they're all gone. Like okay. level plane, skate artists, all those labels are finished right now. So yeah, dude. I don't know. If, uh, we're we're trying to start up a tape label. So if you ever want to put anything out on tape, hit hit us up. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, no, we- totally, dude. I I like cassettes, man. I got I got tons of cassettes. We're kind of just doing it for fun, but we're like, let's just put out music we like from local people on tape, and, you know, we're going to expand, of course, you know, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. if you got anything to put out that's, like, tape-worthy, fucking hit us up. We'd love to, like, do, we'll, we'll do the work for it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We'll pay for it and all that shit. That's kind of how right we do shit, you know. Yeah, man, definitely. You know, I mean, I, I can see that. You know, it's maybe, uh, you know, some of these tombs, like, seven inches, we could do cassette releases of them or something, you know. That'd be cool as shit. Honestly, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, man. That would definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I started a little. We we started this just to put music we like out. So why not? You know, if you're down. Fucking hit us up. We'd be down. You know. Well, I also I got a new thing I'm working on called Scorpion Throne, which is like, uh, I guess kind of like a little bit like the Swans, like sort of, you know, like. So I'm like, I have like three songs written so far but like you know maybe that's some option too i'd be cool to do something like that if you guys are into it yeah dude just yeah. fucking keep in touch like i say keep in touch with us and hit us up we're we'd love to put something out you know we're we're already oh, yeah, working man. releases but you know we would love to put more shit out that people would like that and you know a lot of people seem to love tunes and all that shit so yeah and we're trying to definitely like keep a good diverse because like the first thing we're gonna put out is like more like definitely within the doom category. Yeah, it's like stoner doom metal is the first tape we're gonna put out by a ba- local band called uh, Crow Magnum. They're like that's a sick name. I like that name. They're really good, actually. Uh, they're the dude's a great. Uh, he's played at my. We're gonna put out like, is it like a song? Yeah, it's a fifty. It's like an almost fifty minute song called "Back to the Kick." <laughs> Song, yeah, it's not quite but okay. Almost. Okay, see what I mean? Do more so, they're really good. And I guess I could make a fish because I was just talking to him about because I was trying yeah, to tell him, I was trying to tell him that, like, you know, because you only had this one song, it's 15 minutes and a half, but it sets that way. It's like, you know, why don't I make it so like it's the same song on both sides, like how like current metal sets were like back yeah. in the 80s and shit. Like, I would hear stories like when people bought like Rain and Blood on cassette, like. You would listen to it on side, you know, side A, then it flips over. It's the same album. All yeah, because it's only 35 minutes long, Rain and Blood. So that's like, you know, that's why, probably, you know. So you would just listen to the whole album, then it flips over, and then you listen to it again. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what we can do with that shit. That worked, that, yeah, that worked that's perfectly. What, that's what I was trying to album. talk to him into. He was like, oh, hell yes, I'm, I'm happy for that. Hell yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. When we get off here, I'll start writing you a little list of references and shit. And uh, you know, if you're serious about putting some music out, keep in touch with us, and we would love to. Yeah, hell yeah, man, definitely for sure. It's like, like I said, I'm probably gonna get down to recording this stuff, like probably in you know late March or something like that. Yeah. 
I feel that way. That we're kind of we're always perpetually <laughs> recording. Yeah, like you, you always have something going on. Like, fuck, we got an album about to come out that we've been working on for almost two years, and it's just like, can we just get it the fuck out so we can move on or better? It's like we've recorded since, and like we just have this album's worth of stuff that. Like, we're happy and we're really proud of, but we just want to get out so we can talk about the newer else. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it be. <laughs> All right, dudes. Well, thanks for inviting me on, man. And, um, you know, stay in touch. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, hopefully uh, we'll be getting down there soon. We go hang out. Hey, dude, oh, next, time yeah. it, next time it's safe to play a fucking show and y'all... <laughs> So definitely, we'll come and see you. And hang out. All right, man. All right, have a good night. Take care. So Thank long, you. Dude. All right. This have a good night. Another episode of It Came From The Shed. It's your host, Siege. I'm Deuce. And it's our host, Mike Hill. And we hope y'all stay spooky out there. Good night, y'all. Take care, guys. You too. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>